Welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast, conversations with today's top ministry leaders to help you lead better every day. And now podcasting from scenic Colorado Springs, Colorado, here's your host, Jason Day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Day, and I have to tell you this episode absolutely fantastic. Really resonated with me personally because we are talking about teenagers and young adults with Kara Powell. Kara is the executive director of Fuller Youth Institute and serves as a faculty member at Fuller Theological Seminary. Kara also serves as a youth and family strategist for Orange. Uh, Kara is a leading thinker, speaker, and practitioner when it comes to families and faith. She's authored several books, including her most recent, co-authored with Steve Argue, which is entitled Growing With, Every Parent's Guide to Helping Teenagers and Young Adults Thrive in Their Faith, Family, and Future. On this week's episode, Kara and I discuss how you can help teens and young adults navigate the unique time in their lives as they're trying to make sense of the world, make sense of themselves, and how God fits into it all. Kara tackles the subject of doubt and why we should not shy away from doubts that young people may have about God and about their faith. Kara provides some excellent, real-life, practical examples, including some questions that you can ask um, to really help navigate um, this journey for the young adults and the teens in your life. I sincerely believe this is going to be another one of our top downloaded episodes. Please share this with your ministry team, your friends, your family, anyone who has kids in their lives. This is important. It's timely, incredibly insightful. And now I invite you to join me in my conversation with Kara Powell. Kara, welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast. I am so glad that you are able to join us this week. Welcome. Well, my pleasure. It's wonderful to be with you and with your listeners. I'm super excited, Kara. Um, for for the conversation that we're going to tackle, not only from a ministry perspective, but also from a parenting perspective. As a father of six yes. myself, teenagers and young adults, Kara, they are they they find themselves in a, a time in life where they're really trying to make sense of the world as a whole, right? Oftentimes, they're trying to just figure themselves out. You know, we see this. <laughs> Many are trying to make sense of God. Who is God? How does he fit into all of this? How does he fit into these new experiences I'm having, these these new things that I'm, I'm coming to understand? Uh, in many respects, this is a, a very exciting time for them, uh, but it's also a, a challenging time. And what, what's interesting, Kara, I, I think it's a challenging time not only for them, but also for their parents, uh, for other adults who care deeply about them. And you have this uh, a unique verb that you use to identify this time uh, of, of a teen or a young adult as they're kind of embracing or embodying their journey with God. You refer to this as faithing. Kara, yep. can you help us better understand this idea of faithing? Yeah. Well, it's not a verb that we made up. So my, the co-author of Growing With, um, uh, Steve Argue, my good friend and colleague here at Fuller Seminary, he and I didn't make that verb up. We actually uh, adapted it from the good work of uh, Sharon Delos Parks. And what I love about the verb facing is w- how we define it is as owning and embodying our journeys with God as we encounter new experiences and information. Um, and key to the idea of faithing is the very essence of it being a verb. Yeah. Um, now, if we look at Scripture, faith is definitely a noun. You know, faith is something that we have. 
Um, but sometimes if we only think of faith as a noun, we tend to think of it as something that's static, as something that doesn't change, as something that doesn't grow and evolve. And, you know, I'm a parent of uh, t- teenagers and young adults myself, and what I want to be able to do, both as a parent and a church leader, is be able to journey alongside them in the midst of their facing and in the midst of my own facing. Um, you know, key to our understanding of growing with is that everybody is continuing to evolve right. in their faith. And so, so you know, this isn't just our 18-year-olds and our 28-year-olds who are facing. Um, I'm a little bit older than 28, and I'm also facing too. And so, you know, just the whole concept of facing gives us a great conversation starting point, whether we're a leader, a parent, a mentor, a pastor, to be able to talk to a young person about how their faith is changing, how our faith is changing, and what we can learn from each other. Yeah, I love that, Carrie. I love the distinction you make um, in regard to it being a verb. I love um, the idea that, you know, this is activity, this is action, this is this ongoing journey, and what it kind of helps us think through. Because so often, I mean, um, I can attest to this myself. Um, I I can raise my hand and say I've been guilty of this um, as as a parent. Sometimes we we get into this idea of, you know, it's like a a top-down thing. Like, okay, we've lived some life, we've experienced some things, and, and that's all true. And so now we've got to kind of impart this wisdom to our children, and it's something that, you know, we look at at them. And even in, in church context, same thing. You know, we have, have youth ministry, we have young adult ministries, college-age ministries, whatever that might be, and we're looking at, you know, how, how are we kind of dumping this content, this info, all of this into their lives? But the reality is, as you said, we're all on a journey. We all have a next step. It's an ongoing journey. And so this is this is I love the title of, of your new book, um, Growing With, because it is that idea yeah. that it isn't just kind of this top down approach to, hey, let me help you. But in reality, and again, this is true in my life with my children, uh, being a parent and helping them navigate uh, some of their questions, some of their doubts, some things they're wrestling with has yep. strengthened my faith. You know, it's, it's made totally. me. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I just love that idea. And I think that's a, a perspective that we need to embrace, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I used an interesting phrase when you said kind of faith is something we need to dump into young people. And normally, you know, we assume that we do that by lecturing them, by, um, by you know, talking to them. Um, by sharing our, you know, our brilliant three points about <laughs> why something's a good idea, and and really more in line of the spirit of of growing with parenting is that it's a conversation with a lot of questions. Mm. And so, you know, I'll share just a couple questions for your podcast list listeners that are some of my favorite questions to ask teenagers and young adults, both my own kids and other people's kids, yeah, this is um, good. You know, other teenagers and young adults, so that we can have this faith in conversation. And it's this, um, what do you no longer believe about faith and life that you think I still believe? And what do you now believe about faith and life that you think I don't believe? Um, and so, you know, that's, that's saying right out from the get-go, right from the starting block, that, you know, hey, young person, our faith is going to change, and you and I, we're going to have differences in what we believe, and that's okay. We can talk about those differences. We can have civil, honest, 
generative conversations about about ways that were different. Um, and I'll tell you, with both my 18 and 16-year-olds, you know, they are a little bit more progressive on particular social and cultural issues than right. I am. Right. Um, and I and I don't think I'm the only parent where that's yeah. true in <laughs> yeah. our families. And. And, you know, I love talking about those issues with them. And, in fact, just a couple weeks ago, I said to my 18-year-old, I said, you know what, I'm starting to rethink one of those issues a little bit because of something I had read. Um, And because, you know, over the last handful of years, we've been sharing our beliefs, even as we disagree, now that I I think I'm actually moving a step closer to his direction, um, you know, there's, there's an easy path for me to have that conversation with Nathan because of the three years we've been talking about our disagreements in open, honest ways. So, um, so I'm, uh, those questions, which I actually got from my co-author, um, Steve Argue, his, his kids are about five, seven years ahead of my kids, so I just, I just take notes from how he <laughs> and his wife, Jen, parent. Um, you know, I find those amazingly wonderful questions to oh. use with my own kids and other teenagers and young adults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that, Kara, and I love those questions. And so I encourage people who are listening, you're probably going to have to um, pause this, rewind it, jot those questions down, right? Not while you're driving, but, you know, pull over first. So. But there you go. yeah, there yeah. You go. So, so those questions are great. But I, I'll, I've got to tell you, I imagine there are a lot of people who are listening. When you said those questions, they gasped a little bit, right? Because because we're parents, um, we're ministry leaders. You know, you're, we're the youth pastors or whatever. And it's like that's opening a whole can of worms. That's like giving permission to you know move off of the track that I've been trying to keep you on in a way. So, so yeah, talk to me yeah. a little bit about, yeah, let, let's dig into this a little more for people oh, who, who, I mean, I'll admit when I ask those questions, I kind of hold my breath and wonder what they're going to say. Right, right, right. So, uh, so, so I, I ask them with a, a some fear and trepidation. Um, yeah. But again, I'll use your wording, like it's opening a can of worms, but I'll tell you, if we don't open that can of worms, that can of worms becomes a much bigger barrel of snakes. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I would rather have that conversation with a teenager or young adult that I care about um, than not have the conversation and have those doubts and questions fester in that young person's mind. You know, some of the previous research we've done at the Fuller Youth Institute um, shows that, that great young people from great families and great churches have significant questions about God. Um, And that might cause us to freak out, but here's the really encouraging news, is that when young people have the opportunity to express and explore those tough questions about God, that's actually correlated with greater faith maturity. So put more simply, it's not doubt that's toxic to faith development, it's silence that's toxic to faith development. And so, you know, I would rather air out that can of worms than let them fester and grow and become even more toxic. So hopefully that bit of research is motivating to parents and leaders to get out that can opener and open that can of worms. Yeah, they, yeah, that's so so good. That's huge. And I think that's something that, that we really need to, uh, to listen to simply because I, I feel as if um, to a great degree, there is a fear, probably more more from parents, and I might just be uh, a little ref, you know self reflective in this statement. So who knows? But I, I think maybe more a fear for maybe parents when it comes to their kids doubting faith. 
I feel like because uh, I served uh, before I was a lead pastor, I was a youth pastor, and and I felt kind of more open to wrestling with with doubt and faith issues with my youth. You know, they weren't yeah. my own kids, right? So other right, someone yeah, else's kids. Yeah. So, but yeah. I think it's it's one of those things, like you say, um, you know, it's opening that 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 dialogue. Inviting yeah. that conversation yeah. is so key, yeah. and we're doing damage if we don't, right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one thing that certainly has helped me both as a parent and a leader, and, and I'll offer this in, the, in our conversation here, is to have a go-to phrase um, to help me, not if, but when a young person asks me a tough question about God that I can't answer. Mm. Um, and, you know, I have an MDiv, I have a PhD in practical theology, I've gone to 26 grades of school, and no lie, my 12-year-old can stump me with her questions <laughs> about God, yeah. so, uh, and has stumped me with her questions yes. about God. And so, and, and part of me takes comfort in that, because if I could understand and explain everything about God, then God wouldn't be God. God would be right. just kind of a cool guy. So there has to be some element about God that's inexplicable. But as a parent or a leader and a mentor pastor, you know, when that young person or really person of any generation asks you a tough question about God, it's easy to get panicked and feel like, oh my goodness, if I can't answer this question right now, then this person's going to abandon the faith. Um, And so, you know, we need kind of a go-to phrase. And my favorite go-to phrase that buys me time and keeps the relationship going is four words, um, I don't know, but... So, you know, when my kids have asked me tough questions about God, I'll say, boy, I don't know. But how about if you and I loop back and let's have a conversation about that over coffee in a few days? Because I want to study about that and, and get back to you with some answers. Or I don't know, but I'll tell you, I know a woman at our church who loves thinking about the relationship between science and faith, which quite honestly is an area I don't know much about. And for one of our kids, that really is a pressing area. And I can't help our son very much with those questions. And so when he asks those questions, you know, part of what my husband and I are trying to do is point him to other resources that can help him. So, you know, we'll say, Nathan, we don't know, but here's somebody else that might be able to help you, or here's a book, or here's a website that might be able to help you. Um, or, you know, when our family went through um, the death of a, a close friend of mine due to cancer and just some, some really painful um, painful circumstances that raised tough questions for my kids about why God would allow um, this mom who is, you know, was a mom to friends of theirs to die mm. and you know, they just couldn't understand it. And, and I, I had to say to them in the midst of all of our tears, you know what, I don't totally know, but here's what I do know about God. Mm. Um, and here's what I do know from Romans 5, that suffering leads to perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. Um, and so, you know, whether, whether our kid has a somewhat abstract question about science and faith and evolution, or whether our kid has a very personal question about suffering that they've experienced or somebody close to them has experienced, that forward phrase, I don't know, but, um, I mean, I've used it more times than I can count, and it's, it's really helped me continue relationship and continue the conversation. That's good. That's golden right there. Um, love that. And, 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 that, and uh, what I love about that is uh, a couple things. One, like you said, it allows to to continue a conversation. You know, what I mean, it, yeah. it allows to to continue to dig and to journey kind of together, and it helps 
I think our our kids, um, whether our, their own children or um, kids that we uh, are, are in ministry with at church, whatever that might be, um, allows them to to see that it is this is an ongoing journey. It's not like something that yeah. we have all the instant answers for, and that is okay, and that's healthy. Yeah. That's part yeah. of what it means to be you know, walking with Jesus is that you yeah. are experiencing new things. You're growing, you're continuously stretching. You have not yet arrived, which I think is a huge, you know, a very, very important element of, of what our faith is all about that we need to embrace and allow our, our young people to embrace as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's, it's really a part of the heart behind even the title and the whole parenting philosophy in our new book, Growing With, is, you know, as a mom of teenagers and young adults, one of my fears, and I came to realize I wasn't the only one with this fear, is that as my kids grow up, our family's going to grow apart. Um, as our kid, my kids grow up, that somehow they're going to grow away from me. And so that's where Steve Argue and I looked at the research, studied actual families, and realize, you know what, we need a new parenting posture that helps us grow together. And so the definition of growing with is a mutual journey of intentional growth for ourselves and our kids that trust God to transform all of us. Um, So it's inviting families to continue to talk about their growth. And then I know there's a number, countless number of church leaders who are listening to this podcast You know, there's a double meaning, and I'm a church leader myself, there's a double meaning of growing with, because how do we as churches continue to grow with families in the midst of, you know, the evolving challenges and opportunities that today's families are facing? Um, Because a lot of churches say they want to support families, but don't really know how to do it. And so part of what we instilled in this Growing With book is all sorts of ideas for churches and how they could come alongside and also journey with parents. I love that, and I love seeing those examples in the book. Can you share with us, um, from a church perspective, what are some practical ways that um, the church can come alongside and encourage and help uh, parents and families You kind of navigate this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first one, I'll, I'll start by thinking about um, children's and youth and young adult ministry. Um, much of the leadership of children's and youth and young adult ministry is led by people who have never parented the <laughs> age group that they're overseeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I did it myself. You yeah, know, me I too. I was a youth pastor. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you did it too. Right. You know, I was a youth pastor for a number of years as a single person, then married, then married with babies, but, you know, I, I hadn't actually parented teenagers. Yep. And I had no idea all I didn't know. Yes. Um, and I had no idea. And, you know, you're laughing. Because yeah, this is my story. Now. Right, right. I thought I was, yeah. I thought my kids were going to be a breeze, right? Because, yeah. hey, I've been a youth pastor. I've, I've raised 60 teens, you know what I mean? Like at once, right. you know, bouncing off the walls. Right. Um, and then, but, but, then your own you know, kids I, come along, I, yeah. Absolutely. What I've come to realize is, you know, what I saw in youth ministry was just a slice of a kid's life. Right. And parents see the whole pizza. Um, and so, you know, I, 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 I think it's, I love, let's just start by thinking about youth ministry. I love our, our churches, you know, middle school and high school pastors um, who, who are parents, but, you know, don't have, you know, their oldest is like four. And so one of the smart things 
that our church does is they really try to empathize with parents. Um, and, you know, I love what our high school pastor does. He reaches out to me and other parents all the time with just questions. But everything from, can I show this video clip? How will parents feel about this video clip? To, hey, we're thinking about extending the houseboat trip this summer by two days. How will that affect family calendars? Mm. Um, to, you know, what are you seeing happening with mental health? Um, in kids, in your kids these days, and how does that, you know, affect what we do in our ministry? So, you know, I will say for for those of you who are supervising um, age group ministries where you have not parented that age group, which I think is the majority of right. children's and youth and young adult leaders, then make sure that you develop a very close team of two to five parents uh, of that age group that you can text, that you can email, that you can meet with quarterly just to get their input, because you don't know all you don't know. That's good. Um, and, you know, I would never do, I would never do right now as a youth pastor now, I would not do a weekend retreat or say a short term mission trip without having a parent of teenagers along with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I did lots of those <laughs> without parents, without a parent along with me, but there's just things that a parent thinks about that I was not thinking about when I was 25, and that most 25-year-olds aren't thinking about also. Right. That's great, very practical. What else? What were some other things that, yep. um, as ministry leaders and churches, that we can do to kind of come alongside? Yeah, absolutely. Well, parents are hungry for training, absolutely. Um, but I think a lot of church leaders end up disappointed that they offer training for parents, and only about 20% of parents show up. Um, and those parents are usually the parents who need the training the least. <laughs> you know, those are kind of the the parents who could probably be giving the training right. um, because they're pretty dialed into their kids. They're pretty dialed into your youth ministry. They're they're kind of you know some of the most core families, um, and so so that's pretty demoralizing. So you know what that tells me is while parents want training, we're not offering training that really meets their most pressing felt needs. Um, And what we're seeing creative, innovative churches do is take advantage of when families are transitioning as a time when families are particularly interested in training. So, you know, when when that family has a kid transitioning to kindergarten, when that family has a kid transitioning to middle school, to high school, to college, um, to life after college, you know, that's when parents are flush with new questions about, you know, what's ahead for my young person? What's ahead for my family? Uh, I need mentoring. I want to journey with other parents who are going through this now. And, And those are liminal, amazing opportunities for parents to step in. And in fact, in Growing With, Um, Steve, argue and I, we think that the ways that even churches think about teenagers and young adults need to be reconsidered because, you know, we tend to think of teenagers as 13 to 18 and then young adults as 18 to 29. And instead of those two buckets, what Steve and I are suggesting is that we actually divide 13 to 29 into three buckets. So 13 to 18 is a learner. Um, So this is a, you know, kind of a teenager who's experiencing tremendous growth, physical, uh, emotional, relational, intellectual, spiritual growth. That, you know, that's, that, that's that young person who's just growing like a sponge, um, absorbing like a sponge. Right. That's that learner. At age 18, approximately, 
is when that learner transitions into being an explorer. Um, and so and that, that lasts until about age 23. And an explorer is a young person who's moving away from home or home-oriented routines for the first time, which is super exciting for that young person, um, you know, as they're exploring college or the military or the workforce, whatever it might be. Um, but they have so many opportunities awaiting them that it's also a little bit overwhelming for them. And so they, they feel a little bit intimidated by all the opportunities ahead, ahead of them. Um, but you generally, by about age 23, that explorer transitions into what we call a focuser. And that lasts from about age 23 to 29. And the focuser is making, has made significant choices about worldview, faith, relationship, vocation, has eliminated some options, opened up some other options. A focuser, many focusers feel ahead. Probably the majority of focusers actually feel behind. Um, and so, you know, for the learner, explorer, focuser, parents need to have a different posture, a different response, whether your kid is a learner, whether your kid is an explorer, whether your kid is a focuser. And so for a church, you know, that gives an amazing opportunity to say to parents, okay, when your kid's a learner, here's how you are a teacher. This is mm. what we say in our Growing With book. Right. When your kid's an explorer, here's, here's what it means to parent as a guide. Right. Yeah. When your kid is transitioning to be a focuser, here's how you become a resourcer for your 20-something young person. And so, again, you know what I would say for, for churches who are wondering how to better train families is really take advantage of, of parents' questions and new needs when their young person is transitioning in school or transitioning in one of those major life stages. Yeah, I love that, Kara. I, I love how you break that down in the book and kind of explain that not only what the what your child's going through, you know, what the teen or young adult's going through, but then what is the, uh, the parenting role within that, right? Like, because it yeah. changes, it shifts, which is super yeah. cool. And I mean, you've probably seen this cause you know, your, your kids are my age and a little bit older, but mm -hmm. you know, our, our oldest Nathan at age 18, he's really transitioning from being a, a, a learner to being an explorer and so Dave and my parenting needs to transition from being a teacher to being more of a guide. So let me give you an example. A few months ago, um, in the midst of the college application season, Nathan got an email from one of his top choice colleges that there was a hiccup with one of his letters of reference. And so, you know, Nathan, I was proud of him. He came up with a plan. He was going to go by Mr. Shelton's classroom the next morning before school, and then he was going to stop by his college counselor's office you know, at the morning break, and I thought, okay, great, you know, my 18-year-old, he's come up with a plan, he's on top of this. So went to bed that night thinking, great, Nathan's got a plan. Well, the next morning, you know, I as the mom, I just couldn't resist the temptation of making sure Nathan was on top of the plan. And so, <laughs> I, you know, I went by his room on my way out the door, and I said, okay, bud, just one last time, what's the plan today? And, you know, I wanted him to recount for me, you know, he's going to go by Mr. Shelton's room and then go by the college class, uh, the college counselor. And instead, he just looked up from his folder and he said, Mom, I got it covered. <laughs> um, and, you know, that was his way of saying, Mom, back off. <laughs> and, and to be honest, before our research, I would have handled it really differently. I would have said, now, come on, bud, this is really important. This is one of your top choice schools. Right, right. Can you just tell me one more time, what's the plan? When are you going to do it? Blah, blah, blah. But because of our research, I looked at him and I said, you're right, you do. Um, and I just 
you know, shut the door and, <laughs> and walked out. And, and I thought, yes, my son is transitioning from a learner to explorer, and I have to parent him differently because of that. That's good. I, I love that. It's a great example. And, and um, let's dig in a little more because I think this is kind of key, this transition from learner to explorer. And it's one that I, you know, we, we see this. This is a transition not only in church context, ministry context that we see and and um, have over the last decade, even longer, lots of different uh, voices, opinions, thoughts on how we as a church are either missing the boat on this, failing at at this, you know, with this transition. So so there's all that. But then also as parents, I mean, this is, like you said, this is kind of a, a, a key thing. As they move into this explorer phase, how do we best approach whenever, uh, you know, because I'm sure that there are, there are parents listening in, ministry leaders listening who have kids who kind of, there's some who are exploring and they're exploring much much more out of out of the bounds that 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 they would prefer them to explore, you know. So it's right. it's this idea of like, yeah, I understand they're exploring, but you know, they've been raised in a home. Many people listening raised in the home of a a pastor, a ministry leader. You know, what I mean, like faith is a, an integral part of who we are as a family. And now I have you know one of my children who's exploring kind of outside those bounds. How do we? best kind of navigate that in a healthy way, because I, I've seen it, I've witnessed it probably in an unhealthy way, which just seems yeah. to drive them further out of bounds. So talk yep. to us a little bit yep. about that. That's a, a very common and a complex question. So, you know, gosh, I, you know, my, by far my first choice is to sit with a parent and talk to them for half an hour and really understand the family dynamics. So with that caveat, right. um, let me say some of the ways, so you're talking about a young person who's drifted from the church. Is that really what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, drifted from the church yeah. or, you know, their faith okay. has kind of just gone stagnant and so they're kind of yep. out exploring everything else maybe. You know what I mean? Yep. It may not be right. crazy, but still they're just, they're just outside of kind of church. Here's what I would say. Um, the mistake I see parents making is thinking, if I can just, um, and it's usually, if I can just get my son to come to church with me on Mother's Day as my Mother's Day gift, then, you know, that will do it. Or if I can just get them, my kid to come to Christmas Eve service with me. Um, and they're kind of placing all their chips, as it were, um, on getting their kid to come to a church event. When we've talked with young people who've drifted subtly or blatantly from their faith and the faith community, it's rarely, um, it's rarely a, an event like that that draws them back. The two things that tend to draw them, I'm going to speak kind of, as a researcher, I, I try to make clear when I have solid data and when I have more an impression, right. and this falls into the latter category. So I do not have solid data for this, but my impression is that as we've talked with young people and parents, the two things that often draw young people back, uh, relationship and suffering. Mm. So relationship, um, sometimes it's with the parent. And one of my favorite interviews with a parent of young adults ever uh, the quote that stands out to me is this dad of 20-something said, as long as I have relationship, I have influence. As long as I have relationship, I have influence. Um, and as your child is developmentally appropriately pushing away from you and sometimes pushing away from things that are important to you, like the faith, it's tempting to punish them, 
to withdraw, you're full of pain, you're full of anger, you're full of grief, etc. And, you know, part of what we talk about in our Growing With book, and one of the things that I wrestle with myself as a parent, is how can I be a wall of unconditional support? Um, and Lisa Demore's work on adolescent girls, she talks about this. How, how are we that wall? How can we be that wall so that when our young people, and I think of a swimming pool, the imagery that comes to mind is a swimming pool for here. Our young people are pushing away from us and things that are important to us. They're out treading water. Eventually, when they come back to us, will they find us being that stable wall that they can cling to because we've maintained relationship all along? Mm. So often it's relationship with a parent. Sometimes it's relationship with another adult. Um, you know, they get an internship in an architecture firm and Turns out somebody who ends up mentoring them is a follower of Jesus who invites them to church. So, so there's the whole category of relationship that, that God often uses. Then there's the category, I, I mentioned this a few moments ago, of suffering, where that young person experiences um, challenges and they realize that other paths that seem satisfying don't satisfy like Jesus does. Um, and as a parent, that is so tough. And as my colleague Scott Cormode says, <clears throat> you know, as a parent, we want our kids, we want to protect our kids from pain. And then simultaneously, we want our kids to have the kind of character and growth that only comes from pain. Right. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and so that's a, that's a challenging line to walk. Um, but as our kid is going through suffering, often that's when, that's when they turn back um, to, to the church. So I would say those are often, you know, two themes. And I will say this, too. A lot of what parents think is a young person turning from faith is actually a young person turning from forms of church that make sense to the parent and the young person figuring out a version of following Jesus that makes sense to them. So, you know, that, that is the other thing that I would say is that young, per, young people – are much more likely to distance themselves from the institutional church than they're actually walking away from faith. Mm. Um, and so take heart, parents, that you know, just because they're not involved in church like you are, that doesn't mean that they have turned their back on relationship with Jesus. That's good. That's encouraging. And, and I'm sure there are people that definitely need to hear hear that word. Thank you, Carol. Man, Carol, honestly, I've loved this conversation as a parent of six and as a ministry leader myself. And um, I, I know those who are listening in, I'm sure I mean, we could sit and talk for hours and hours on this. I, I just want to thank you for sharing with us. And I really want to encourage everyone to pick up that your latest book. It's absolutely powerful. Growing With, Every Parent's Guide to Helping Teenagers and Young Adults Thrive in Their Faith family, and future. Such great research and just practical real-world ideas. Um, I love how you you and Stephen kind of put those in there, Kara. Um, and we'll have links in the show notes to that book. Uh, right. But Kara, if, and if I yeah, just, please. If I can just add one more thing. Yes. That on our website, growingwithbook.com, we've created a free 10-question, five-minute quiz that any parent, grandparent, mentor can take to, to figure out, is is the young person you care about a learner, explorer, or focuser? And then what does that mean for how you best love and support them? So I've taken it multiple times for my own kids. Um, it takes five minutes. It's free, and you'll get immediate help uh, to move forward on your growing with journey. And, again, that's 
at growingwithbook.com. Awesome. I love that. Thank you, Kara. And we'll have that in the show notes as well, a link there. If someone wants to connect, uh, they're listening today, they want to connect um, with you and what you're doing at uh, Fuller Youth Institute or any more resources in addition to um, the book Growing With and, and that website, how can they connect with you or, or where would you direct them? Yeah, another great website uh, for resources beyond our recent Growing With book is fulleryouthinstitute.org. That's fulleryouthinstitute.org. And then I'm on Twitter and Instagram, um, at FYI. my first initial K, Powell FYI, as in the Fuller Youth Institute that I direct. And I'm also on Facebook. So those are all great opportunities. Awesome. Thank you so much, sister. I so enjoyed this conversation and uh, look forward to uh, connecting again. God bless you. Blessings on you and your listeners also. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us on this week's episode. Every week as we are putting the episodes together, we're thinking of you, our pastors and ministry leaders, and striving to provide insightful and inspiring interviews as you seek to grow as a kingdom leader. So we hope you're finding value from the Church Leaders Podcast. And if so, we'd certainly appreciate you taking a few moments to head over to iTunes and leave us a review. Your positive reviews and ratings help other church leaders more easily find our podcasts so they too can benefit from these interviews. Again, we thank you in advance. And if you have any comments, any questions, suggestions, or ideas for guests, I would love to hear from you. You can send me an email to podcast at churchleaders.com or you can connect with me on Twitter. Finally, you can find this podcast as well as other great faith-based podcasts on the FaithPlay app. It's available for both Apple and Android, and so we encourage you to check that out as well. So until next time, this is Jason Day encouraging you to love well and lead well. You've been listening to the Church Leaders Podcast. For articles, videos, and free resources that will help you lead better every day, visit our website at churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.